When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Paddle Power, your inside look into the world of paddle in Australia and around the world. Welcome everyone to Paddle Powwow. I'm Matt Levy and joined by Matt Burrell. Today we're going to talk about many things paddle as always. Having a look at paddle around the world, what's been happening this month. We have the Seniors Paddle Tour, which has made its inaugural event in Sydney over the weekend, where both Matt and I were lucky enough to play. We're gonna go on a little phone call across to Albury for Aaron and Mark Pirtle, who will be very proud to be opening their first paddle venue, Soul Paddle. And we're gonna have some conversations around regional areas and what that looks like for paddle. Before we go too much further, I should welcome my partner in crime, Matt Burrell. Hi, Matty. How are you? Good. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me on again today. Looking forward to it. Okay. So we're both probably a little bit weary. We've had a big weekend in Sydney playing the seniors events. There was a great turnout out there, both in the in the men's and women's first event for the seniors tour and uh, a really great way to kick it off. How did you feel about it? Good, mate. feel like Colin McGregor with a couple of big belts around my arm right now, so it's a bit heavy on my, my luggage coming home. We'll get to that. <laughs> no, I couldn't help myself, sorry. Yeah, so uh, no, it's great. We It's the first time we've had this uh, Seniors Tour in Australia's history, which is which is terrific. So it's the inaugural event. We did it at Paddle Sydney at North Ride there, Scott Riley Centre, and we then conducted day two because of the rain over at Indoor Paddle. We had about Just- 50 entrants in total, which... By the way, is probably the same amount of entries we had in the normal Aussie paddle tour, the main tour. So seniors represents 35 plus. So that's seniors. I prefer to call it masters more than seniors, to be honest. We all feel a bit older calling ourselves seniors in, in Australia. But yeah, so we had categories in the men's of 35 plus and 45 plus, And we had categories in the women's of just 35 plus. Off we went and had a, uh, a great tournament. 100% it was great. I made the trip up from Melbourne. I've got a comment on this. Us Melbourneites get a bad rap for our weather, but I've been to Sydney twice in the last eight weeks. Once it was the hottest on record, and then on the weekend just gone, we got washed out and hardly were able to finish play. You know, what do you got to say about Sydney? <laughs> just a tropical environment, beach town. It's all part of the same benefits of being there, mate. So, uh, yeah. I mean, you never know what you're going to get. It keeps us all on our toes, I reckon. So it's not bad. We got some good paddle, that's for sure. And we'll get to your favourite part of the day. We're going to go through the results. We'll we'll start with the women's. Just so, yeah. So Sarah Morante and Lexi Daly, who are the best players in all divisions, regardless of whether or not it is, you know, seniors or not seniors. They defeated Angela and Anna. You know, they seem to be cleaning up. They're such a good pair, aren't they, Matt? It's just a pleasure to watch them. They're great to watch all around. We're so thankful they came and played in the seniors or masters event as well. They don't really have to because they're at the top of their game in the main tour. So mm. they played well and they really showed good loyalty and, uh, yeah, helping build the women's game of paddle in Australia as well. So it was fantastic. And they're amazing to watch. And to be honest, they didn't have it all their own way in the final. It was, I think it was six 
poo seven five or something like that. So Anna and Angela gave it a really good shake in the second set, but Sarah and Lexi showed the quality as always. Came down as champions for the first event. We have four events this year, by the way. So that's the first event in Sydney. The second one's also in Sydney. And then we've got one in Gold Coast and one in Aubrey Wodonga, uh, which we'll talk to Erin about later in this program, maybe. 100%. And now um, you were saying there was some good news for the Aussie team because Anna and Angela both recently got their passports. So we can expect that they may be uh, up there playing with the girls. That would be amazing. I'm normally trying to convince people to uh, take on Aussie passports. They did this by themselves. So um, it looks like good news for the Aussie team going forward, um, whether that's the main Aussie team or the um, seniors Aussie team. We have a seniors event, which is the World Championships next year. Um, and if you keep going on your trajectory, you may well be in the Aussie team yourself, Maddie, on that one. Yep. And uh, I've got a big birthday coming up, which is going to make it a little bit easier for me too, I think. The young guys, the young seniors, the 35-year-olds, there was a guy in there called Matt Burrell, and he had a partner, Jason Wright, and they defeated Rob Daly from Melbourne and Craig Pickering from the Gold Coast. Look, I've got to hand it to you. That's a, that's a great win. Being a couple of years older than 35, you showed the young blokes how to do it. Well done. Thanks, mate. Yeah, it was a uh, tough match, actually. Craig is a fantastic player. And Rob was actually my partner in the 45s event. So it was a bit strange splitting up with him and uh, playing against him in the final of the 35s. You can play down in divisions, like in the World Championships, yes. similar things. So if you're 60 or so, like Scott Riley is, for example, you can play in the 35s or the 45s. Um, you can play in all those events. Uh, so you can play down in age groups. But, yeah, it was quite strange and um, a bit sad to have to beat Rob in that final, yeah. No, it's good. Yeah, it's the opposite to juniors, right? In juniors, you can play up. In seniors, you can play down. So move, moving right along into the men's 45, there was a slightly older guy named Matt Burrell who played with Rob Daly, and he won again. And that was against, as you say, Scott Riley and Alex from, from the North Ride Tennis Centre. So you want to talk us through that match? That was a little bit interesting. It was. Scotty Riley is such a crafty player. He's been playing a lot of tennis all his life. He plays doubles and he plays it strategically to a tee. He's got a lot of mental strength. So he's playing chess on the court every time, especially in paddles. So we had the first set fairly easy. They got a 6-1 the second set. Then we had to go for a super tiebreaker in the oh, sorry, in the finals there. We just got them 10-7 in, in, in the super. So it was a pretty tight match and it was a pretty, pretty nervy time. I was throwing those lobs up as hard as possible, hoping the smashes weren't coming down too hard. They, geez, they gave you a scare, didn't they? Yeah, like like you say about Scott, he's, he's a hustler. He's a good businessman. I imagine he approaches it the same way on the tennis court. He wouldn't he wouldn't give you the steam off his dinner, I don't think, Scott. It was it was a well thought out win. And in terms of ranking for seniors, I suppose you're now top of the tree for 35s and 45s. Is that right? Until the next one at least. Yep. I've got my Zimmer frame and I'm ready for action for the next one, buddy. Um I'm proudly a uh, senior slash master now and and moving forward that way. I'm definitely out of the Aussie team now in terms of the main event. I've had my time on that, so I'm yeah, I've been sort of moved into the nursing home now and I'm on the seniors tour officially. No, well done. Congratulations. It was a really great effort. Good good job. Okay, so maybe we'll have a quick look at some paddle around the world, what's been happening in the last month. Being such a uh, dynamic sport, something's happening every month and they're, you know, they're really big plays, aren't they? Like we spoke last month about how paddle is struggling a little bit to break through and have that cut through with as pickleball has. 
because it hasn't got the USA as as you know on board as they are with pickle. Even just in this month, there's a breakaway company that or tour called A1 Paddle who came out and said we're going to have a thousand paddle courts by 2025 in the USA. Um, they're, they're running a, a string of tournaments where you know they'll have something in New York, in Miami, and where else are they? Uh, Vegas. That's right. And and so they're going to really start putting some energy and effort into promoting paddle in the USA, which for us as Australians who tend to follow the US is is really big news, isn't it? Yeah, there's now competition between the competitions, if you like, in the USA, because I think the paddle community outside the USA, much like Australia, sees the US as a, a fertile playing field or fertile grounds commercially and for the sport, because they're a mad tennis nation like we are they hold a grand slam obviously like australia as well and having the a1 tour there uh, the world paddle tour with it was there last year in miami as well it's a sort of a, a competition to get the usa it's been traditionally strong in the southern belt of the usa through miami which which borders into south america central america and south america where all the players are generally from initially anyway in, in most countries so it's no surprise that um, San Diego, Houston, Miami, et cetera, has been quite strong. But this, yeah, this report coming out from A1 and also when you look through the look through the business plan of the Paddle Federation of the USA, they're also targeting, yeah, big numbers and putting a lot of energy and effort into the marketing to to battle pickleball, basically. Pickleballs, they went in through the basically the retirement villages and the massive golf resorts, putting in 500, 200 pickleball courts. You've seen pickleball also in Central Park in New York, putting an insulation there yep. as well. So it's really is a it's a full battle going on in the USA now between those two. What's that space? Totally. Yeah. I mean, we talk about it all the time, but pickleball is just so accessible, isn't it? And when you say they went through the retirement villages and whatnot, it's it is really a sport that you can play without having a background in racket sports. Whereas paddle, you could, but it would just take you a bit longer. And and obviously. There's layers, right? It's you know, it's it's the difference between checkers and chess a little bit, but um, yeah, good good news all round for growth, you know, and and it's exciting as you say. Watch this space. We had a bit of a forum, didn't we, over the the seniors weekend? We got a chance to sit around with a few beers after the Saturday night play, and we talked about lots of different areas where you know growth can happen in, in paddle and, and in australia and and we tend to you know look at other models throughout the world and and how things have progressed we got talking about Aaron and mark who are opening up in albury that's Aaron purdle and mark manston opening up in albury uh soul paddle very soon and, and you mentioned that that's not dissimilar to how it happened in europe and that's moving through those regional areas was really quite um, a good way to go to get paddle out to the masses. Do you want to speak on that a little bit? It's a great blueprint for rolling out paddle in a country. Sweden led the way. I think they had 100 installations in towns of around 100,000 population. So if that was in Australian terms of of Wollongongs, of Albury Wodong is a great example there. Ballarat, Bendigo. You can, you can keep going through all those locations. And they're going at locations that are high in tourism because people from Europe and South America in Australia that might be Noosa for example the sunny coast might be Byron Bay where some clubs are looking to open up soon as well here so the regional areas the reason they work is because they they really bind into the local community that's and what's going on there on a, on a community and social level and Erin we'll have a couple of questions friend about this later how she's tied into that but that's where the strength of paddle is it's not 
it's not always at the elite level. It's really in the big social level. So that's where the average player wants to get out there and play a bit each week and get involved on a social level, a cultural level. That's where they've had the success. And that's what the sport of paddle really exists for. That's why it's got a foothold around the world. That's why it grow, grows so fast. And those regional areas really demonstrate that. When you, you and In Australia, traditionally, there would have been a netball court, a cricket pitch and a tennis court or two going on for most country towns, regional areas. That would be very normal there. And that's where they've gone adding the paddle into the next version of what you do growing up. So you'll play there with your family, have a hit with your mates, and then you, you play some local competitions here. And that's what they did in Sweden. They did in Italy. They did in France, and then they got to the big, the big, the big city mega mega clubs in the cities, but in the ma- major cities like um, Stockholm and Gothenburg, for example. But initially, they went there first, and they've, they've vacuumed up. They've got three thousand courts now in, in Sweden, which is a, a monster amount of courts, and uh, same in Italy. And they've gone, they went regional first, so it it shows may show the way for Australia to what to do next. And we are seeing on the drawing board now lots of regional potential areas and clubs popping up. Yeah, and I must admit, it's made me changed my thinking a little bit as as a club operator myself. I was really always of the opinion that you needed the multicultural areas, as he's talked about, you know, the South Americans, the Europeans, Melbourne's a perfect example of that. And we've had a real springboard of players who can already play paddle. And so that's been great for us. But But what we talked about the other night, which is true as well, is these regional areas, these country towns, our communities already. Albury particularly has a very strong tennis background, being the home of Margaret Court. There's over 100 tennis courts in Albury. Those people will rally and they'll get around paddle, I have no doubt. And then that makes you question, hey, if you're a regional centre with a reasonable population and you think to yourself, maybe paddle could work, you know, maybe it could. You know, we'd love to get some more courts up and running all throughout Australia, right? If we fast forward 10 years' time and this all plays out as we believe it will, there's probably going to be 50 to 100 towns or cities with paddle installations one way or the other. So it's really a matter of when you're going there, do you want to get there first? Do you want to be the leader? Do you want to come after a few clubs have already popped up there, which may like make life a little bit harder for yourself because they've established some loyalty and some boundary to the community a bit better? So, yeah, I, I reckon that's the next spurt to come after the cities. That's for sure. Yeah, well, we'd be really happy to hear from anyone who's interested in getting paddle into their regional town for sure as well. You know, like it's it's just a no-brainer that we've got to have a spread across Australia to make this sport work. Generally, when you're, when you've, and Erin will speak to this because she's done a fantastic job with Mark in regards to pre-marketing, but when you're opening up a paddle club, let's say it's in a regional area or anywhere really, there's four demographic groups you're pretty much speaking to, roughly speaking. So you've got the ex-tennis and squash players. They're no-brainers. They love the idea of coming back into the sport, hitting the trick shots again, playing their old adversaries, dusting off the racket, this time with a paddle racket maybe, and then getting back into tennis as well because it cycles back through to tennis. That's number one demographic, that's for sure. Two is what you mentioned before, Matt, which was the South Americans and Europeans are rolling into Australia now in their luggage, whether they're tourists or whether they're moving here now, a lot of students moving here. Uh, those visas are back open again post-COVID. 
there's a lot of action of these Europeans and um, South Americans rolling in Australia with paddle rackets ready to go. So that's your second demographic. And that's that, That's also a no-brainer. And you're going to get a, a big uptake from them automatically. Um, if they're living in your town, they're coming to play paddle full stop sort of thing. So they're so used to playing all their lives. And then we've got the general health conscious people, which want to do you know an hour of exercise a couple of times a week. And normally you might be going to the gym, you might be playing netball, you might be playing soccer. As you're getting older, you might want to play some paddle instead. So there's a that's the third group. And that's a, a really big growing group of people who just come on down for their, their weekly exercise regime. The fourth and final would be those social players we talked about by binding into the community. And they're, they're people who want to, they want to, you know, mental health wise, do this for mental health too, in terms of, and I'm sure you do as well, that's why we play paddle. Such a strong social banter on the court off the court as well. You're normally at the club an hour before, at the club an hour after, so you're doing a three-hour, maybe even longer session at the club. And so it's great chats with your friends. You build new communities up. You build new networks up. And it's really your fix of sort of your social friendship group also at once or twice or three times a week. So that's the fourth group that also is the important group, and that's why it makes Paddle a special sport. Totally. I agree with almost everything you said there. A couple of errors I made on the weekend weren't that good for my mental health, if I'm honest. <laughs> well, playing in the semi-final mustn't have been too good for your mental health. How, how are you feeling? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm well and truly over it. I'm over it. No, it was it was it was good fun. It was good fun. But um, yeah, look, you're dead right in what you speak about, and, and it'll be interesting because that you know these are ideas that we've put together. It'll be interesting to hear how Erin's approached it, what she's done, and you know how their marketing plan has led in, or their pre-marketing has led in to um, engaging the community. We've got Erin Purtle and Mark Manston. As mentioned, they've just opened up or are about to open up in Albury. They're called Soul Paddle. Uh, I've been involved in building the courts down there. It's been a journey. We are almost at the finish line. They're playing on their courts proudly. They've got some people up there having a hit. Welcome, Mark and Erin. Thanks, Thank Matt. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about, well, your journey so far to get you to the point of opening. And we've got a couple of questions for you today. We've been talking about something very close to you guys, which is regional facilities. Obviously, you're going to be our first regional facility in Australia. Yeah, give us give us a little bit of uh, background and maybe you could even go into why you did choose to go to a regional facility such as Albury. Okay, well, I think, um, hi, everybody. My name is Erin. I'm from Moela, which is a town very close to Albury, but I have been living in Spain for the last 20 years. And it was there in Barcelona that I met my wonderful husband, Mark. And uh, I started playing paddle about 15 years ago and uh, sort of fell in love with the sport and couldn't quite understand why this sport was not being played in Australia. And so about a year and a half ago, Mark and I decided to migrate back to Australia and with the goal to open up a paddle club in Australia. So right. that's been our sort of paddle journey. We're definitely not from the paddle world. Nope. We are not athletes. We are not tennis superstars. Mark was a builder and I'm a chiropractor. Yeah, we're trying something really different about a sport that we really love. You know, we spoke about this a few times before about the pieces required to become paddle operators and, and you guys are coming from that maybe educated piece of, of understanding paddle from the motherland, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we put a lot of hours of work in. And when we made the decision that we were going to open a paddle club, we invested the last six months of our time in Europe and we had like the endless European summer. And it, for me, it was my dream. We travelled around to paddle clubs around Europe, yeah. um, visiting paddle club owners and trying to learn as much as we could 
about paddle. We even went to paddle uh, racket manufacturers. We went to factories. Yeah. We went to the UK and met some amazing people there. Mark is half Swedish and we went to Sweden. So we travelled around Europe trying to look at the best model to bring out to Australia. We decided on going with the full-blown Spanish model with the bar and the terrace, you know, the, for the after paddle game that we call it in Spain. You know, you play paddle first and then you play your second game in that's the terrace with your mates having a beer. Amazing. Yeah, that's Matt's favourite part of the game. Yeah. <laughs> I pray paddle. So, yeah. so why did you settle on Albury as, as your venue? Well, it wasn't our first choice at all. Came back with a plan to actually open a paddle court in a major capital city. So we started our search in Cairns. And we learned a lot of things about um, architecture and buildings and cyclones and things like that. Yeah. Then we moved on to Melbourne. We also looked at venues in Sydney and we also looked at venues in Geelong and in Canberra. And then we came to the decision that the rent per square metre was very high and we thought that maybe it was a quite a bit of a risk whilst Paddle is just in its infancy here in Australia. Yeah. And we started talking to a, a golf club that's in the area and we will be, and, they, and then we, we struck a very good lease agreement with them. And so we'll be the first Paddle Club in a golf club. You know, this is quite popular in Europe that mm. golf clubs have um, Paddle Courts. You know, traditionally they would have had maybe tennis courts, but, yeah, this is um, – so we'll be the first golf club that uh, takes on paddle. Generally golf clubs have a little bit more room than tennis clubs. They've already got parking facilities, lots of space around, potentially showers and a clubhouse, if you like, as well. So, And people who play golf often understand the idea of the après golf as well, which is a nice long lunch after and a nice chat, a social chat as well, which is probably half the reason people play golf. Most golf clubs are in some way privately owned. You pay a higher membership. You're quite open to paying for that game. A lot of times with tennis, you know, people think that they can play for very cheaply or very free uh, or, or free, you know. Golf, they're quite, yeah, you have a great facility, you have a, a, a club room, you have a pro shop, a staffed venue, you know, yeah. So you understand instantly that you have to pay for your membership or your games or whatever. And this is, we, we find that that's going to be a key point when we offer paddle to the people in the area that it's like there's no difference to a Pilates class or a, or a game of golf. You pay for it and then you play and then that's it, you know. Um, like coming from the – if you compare it with the tennis world where people pay a small fee for a membership and then they can play however many times they want during the year, it's like it's very different for a paddle club and the, and the model that we are running with pay-for-play and memberships as well. Paying for a social experience, I guess, which is what you're talking about. It's not just a game of paddle, full stop. It's the experience before, the experience after, and all the you know fun chats and laughs you have with friends before and after. You're making friends at the club, and it's something really that yeah, you're talking about an experience of a couple of hours rather than, um, as you said before, getting in and getting out. It's a whole different experience, really. Yeah. Well, from the very beginning, we wanted to offer um, an, a, an alternative to the community, like something. Uh, uh, a hub where people could come and enjoy being there, whether you play or, or whether you play or your wife plays or your kids play or all of them together at the same time, which could very well happen. But that, we find that there's nothing like that. There's not a, a sport where, where you can play against your wife or you can play against your kids and 
or with your kids, you know what I mean? And um, or with your wife and and that it's enjoyable like that because we're looking at the three major sports everywhere in Australia, footy or rugby, uh, cricket and netball, you know what I mean? And it's like, I can't play netball with my wife. It's not right, you know? I, yeah. I'm not going to play footy with my wife, you know? But paddle has that extra thing that people are not aware of yet. And I think that once Australians find that out, especially middle-aged Australians where they have had a, a real uh, sporty young life and then all of a sudden you're a parent and you're just running your kids around and you don't have time for sport. It's like, well, here's your opportunity to go back to sport and to be fit. And on top of that, you can have a beer afterwards and enjoy it with your family as well. So, Yeah, so it ticks all the boxes uh, from the social and family aspect. So, okay, so you, you moved to Albury because obviously we talked about the, the lower sort of lower rent, the ability to be, you know, in your case, within a golf course. What about the fact that perhaps the regional facilities aren't as multicultural? How have you found the community? Well, I think we'll have to get back to you on that one because we're actually just going to open like next week. Um, but definitely what the community has been giving to us has been amazing. And I'm talking about the Australian community or the local community of Albury-Wodonga, which is not very multicultural in, in not very many South Americans or so forth living here or and the community has been extremely open and they're extremely keen about this fun, new, interesting thing coming to their city. And I think in some way, even though we haven't even opened yet, they're proud of this, you know. They're like, have you heard? We're getting paddle. Like that's yeah. what all the F1 guys do, you know, like yeah. this is coming to Aubrey, you know. Wow. And then there's a lot of pride in that and we haven't even opened the doors, you know. Like people are ringing us to see if they can help paint the building, you know, yeah. like, and we're like, no, it's all right. <laughs> can, can we do anything? Can we, we'll help you set it up. And we're like, no, 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 don't worry. That's yeah. the country folk for you, isn't it? That's that's, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. One thing Matt and I talked about is, although, yeah, it's not very multicultural in Albury, Albury is traditionally a very strong tennis town, obviously being the home of Margaret Court, probably got a hundred plus courts in Albury, Wodonga. So yeah. I think from that perspective, you could expect that you will have some good cut through just in the tennis community alone. Yeah, I know there's a lot of interest. So if it's from tennis, from all sorts of people, I think, yeah. The four general groups that we find when it comes around the world to opening up paddle clubs, it's A, the squash and tennis community, B, the South American and European community, C, the fitness community where they're doing other sports like netball, as you said, Mark, or going to the gym and they replace that potentially or supplement that with playing paddle three times a week, the fitness community. Then the fourth is that just general social community where they're touching base with friends and uh, bring family along to have a family outing a couple of times a week, which you guys, um, we talked about before. It's very country orientated and a strong community spirit. So it sounds like you're in the categories of the, of the tennis world, tennis, tennis world and fitness world and there's a lot of, lot of gyms around there also in Aubrey Wodonga a lot of strong people running around the community sounds like it's really given you guys a sort of a, if you like a, a leg up to start the uh, business off which you're right you wouldn't get that you wouldn't know your neighboring community at all in, in these big cities so that's that's it that's a huge head start I guess I can give you some stats about that because we actually have our own app that people download and they have to put in their details in it, you know. So we have over 150 people that have downloaded our app and we can see the average age of a person is 42 
and it's pretty much 50-50 male-female. Yeah. And the, by the look of the names uh, of the, the people, they look very like, um, like very uh, traditional Australian names, you know. Um, there's not many Sanchez or Hernandez or anything <laughs> no. like that in the names, you know. And uh, so there we, was one Juanita, but she is super Australian. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we can see that the majority of people that are interested actually seem to be local Aubrey people, yeah. um, sort of middle age, which we are assuming are sort of maybe parents um, with kids, and they're sort of interested in creating that this sort of a community. Not necessarily fit. Well, who knows? We'll find out whether they're very fitness based or we'll anything have to like get that. Back to you about the yeah. stats. <laughs> Statistically, no. that's what we're looking at. That makes perfect sense. In terms of your marketing, if you had a pie chart of how you're going to go about attracting people to know about your club and what, what we've found in paddle clubs before is once they taste it or try it, they get addicted. So if you get a paddle rack in someone's hand for three sessions in a row, 80% of people want to stick with it, which is terrific in terms of the stickiness of it because they want to try it first. And that's the key thing. Have you got any marketing strategy in place to launch out the club? I guess your launch itself, the PR of that, radio, as you mentioned before, uh, TV and, and newspapers, but what's your general marketing philosophy to uh, get people to know you're on the map there? So we have the bit of a challenge that in the area where we are, people have never, ever heard of Paddle. And so when we mentioned that we're going to be opening a Paddle Club, they really have no idea what we're talking about. Um, and so we understood that from the very beginning, we had to get out some education to the community about what this sport is. And the beauty of it is that paddle is huge all around the world. And if you simply just look on Google, on uh, YouTube. YouTube, there's millions of videos about paddle, right? And so really our marketing at the very beginning was just to talk to as many people as we could about paddle. But the great thing about being in a small regional city is that you can actually make a wave pretty quickly because word does get around when you're doing something completely different like this. And we found that before even beginning to build the club, we already had two television channels come down and do their news uh, weather part at the club. We've already had an article in the local newspaper. Yeah. We've been on the radio twice now. Like this is just we haven't asked for any of this, but just in these towns it's easier to get involved and to get the word out. In a town like Aubrey Wodonga, it's news. You know what I mean? We're, we're bringing something new to the community and everybody's excited because it's something that they've never seen before. And I guess they're excited to see what it is and how it's going to go. Yeah. And another little marketing tool that I would definitely recommend, our paddle courts are bright yellow. Yeah. And from the street, like today, Mark picked me up from work and I was driving home and the lights were on. And from the road, it looks like, a spaceship or something oh, it like looks, that. It looks amazing. It's amazing. It's bright yellow with the four posts. Yeah. It's definitely different. It stands up, mm. basically. Yeah. Like you drive past and if you've never seen a paddle court before, you go like, what is that? Because the lights are lower than a tennis court and they're more concentrated. So it's like a it's it's like a shining bubble. You take, you have a double, I mean, even us driving past today, we had to do the double take. Oh, my God, that, that is shiny and bright. Yeah, it looks really good. You guys won't need a neon sign. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Although we haven't. Before we let you go, um, final question or probably more of an opportunity for you guys. Why don't you give yourself a little bit of a plug and how people can get in touch with yourselves if they're in the Albury area listening to the podcast? What things you might have coming up later in the year? I know you've got a tournament coming up. Um, do you want to speak on that for a little bit? 
love to. So first of all, um, we're going to have our grand opening on the weekend of the 11th of June. So uh, people are listening to this, just follow us on Instagram for any sort of um, news about that. We'll probably have a tournament and we'll do a massive big party. We'll have paella, battle, all that sort of stuff. Tapas. Tapas. And then um, when we have an amazing event going to be happening later on in the year where we're going to host one of the veterans to a tournaments as well. And the great thing about that day is that the actual PGA Golf Veterans Championship is going to be on the same day. Fantastic. So we will have all golf champions from around Australia playing um, just next door at the golf course. So it will be a massive weekend for the club, for the paddle club and for the golf club. And then, yeah, just follow us on our Instagram. We're really active and we'll be posting all sorts of events and things that we're going to do to try to promote Paddle. Or download the app, Soul Paddle, on the Android and Apple stores. And that's spelled S-O-L and then Paddle, right? Yeah, Correct. Amazing. Yeah. Congratulations, guys. You are now in the, in the club of being Paddle operators. I know it's been a long time coming. Just listening to you, I'm sure you're going to be a great success. And I think really, maybe a lot of people listening to this are thinking, wow, regional towns could be a great place to open more paddle venues. So congratulations. No doubt we'll see you at the club playing some paddle. Thank you very thank you much, guys. Matt. And thank you, Matt, as well. And if anybody needs to know anything about our journey, we'll be happy to share too. Thanks, thank guys. Congratulations again. And uh, we'll see you at the party. See you, guys. Yeah, thank you. Right, that's all we've got time for today. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Look forward to seeing you all again next month from Matt and Maddie. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, everybody else. The First Serve is your home of tennis at thefirstserve.com.au. Log on to find out all the details of our live radio show, other podcasts, read weekly features by our team of writers, and follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.